I was supposed to do a really cheesy intro, aren't I, where I big you up and like inflate your ego, even, but I, I, I haven't prepared such. Um, but instead, what I will say is, obviously, I am I'm very grateful for your time. Um, and I am joined by the father of Wrexham legend, Mia Roberts. Uh, and apparently, you used to kick a football for us as well, didn't you, Neil? Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> um, yeah, um, no, it's quite true. I am uh, I'm the father of, uh, <laughs> of, a, of a, a bona fide Wrexham legend. I think yeah. it gets... It gets batted around too much, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very, very, very proud of Mia and my other two children. Has she won more trophies at Wrexham now than you have? Um, well, what did I win? I won the Welsh Cup. So yeah, um, oh, you're at one all. I've lost track with the women. I think yeah, I, 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 I'm quite happy to bow down. <laughs> but... Long, long may it continue. Oh, I love that. Right, so if it's if it's all right with you, what I'd like to do is, um, I know uh, quite recently, because I listened to the podcast you did with Tim and the Fearless guys, um, yeah. they went over your history, and I'm just intrigued to get a, a, a more modern approach uh, and theory, uh, and just talk a bit about the takeover and what's happened since. Catch up with your antics at the weekend uh, and talk a little bit about me and what that's like being a father and having a daughter at the club who's uh, who's like there while it's boom time. Is that all right with you? Is that you, is that game for that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's go. So let's go back a couple of years. I don't know where were you the first time you found out that Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds were sort of taking over the club. I remember just sort of being at home and it like spreading like wildfire. I think somebody must have messaged me or seen it on social media. It's like, what the heck is going on here? Can you can, can you even remember it? Yeah, I think, um, well, I don't think. I know um, we've, um, myself and friends and and, and my, both my brothers were all on a WhatsApp group because we've all got season tickets together yeah. um, in the Mold Road. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I think when it came about, um, somebody had heard something a little bit of your Chinese whispers and, oh, right. uh, and and again it was probably similar to everybody right okay we've heard we've heard sort of <laughs> about um potential new owners coming in etc etc and uh yeah it was just one that I don't really think many of us paid a lot of attention to because again it's you know it, it's sort of Hollywood doesn't really happen to Wrexham right and um Thank God it has, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it it was just again um, probably the perfect storm of of two worlds coming together at at, at that time, um, and it just ticked so many boxes um, for not only not only us as a town and, and as people, but I think for Rob and Ryan as well. In in many ways, you know, probably first and foremost from a from an emotional point of view as well, you know? Yeah, they're, they're, I, I don't think I've ever seen, um, you're, you've been in football way more than me and interacted with owners way more than I would ever. I'm on the outside looking in as a, as a fan. I don't think I've ever seen owners as engaged as they are. 
And I don't yeah. think it's. I don't think that's a show. For, you know, would you? Is that? Would you? Would you? You think about the clubs that you've been at? Have you? Uh, we are Wigan with Dave Whelan. Yeah, yeah. He looks. Yeah, he I've... looked out. He from outside. He looked engaged, but you know. Yeah, I think um, I've been talking about this quite a lot recently, and um, I think what you get from um, from Rob and Ryan, um, and not only Rob and Ryan, I think I think we have to include sort of Humphrey in this. Um, yeah. You know, another one of um, the the influential guys has been Brian Swarberg as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brenda Robs and Ryan's, and um, and again. Um, the wider group as well, which would be Sean, etc., Fleur, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and the rest of the team, Les Reed, another one that gets yeah. sort of ah, so but, the hidden, the the silent assassin he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, again, uh, you know, he's he's got a great sort of uh, backstory in terms of player recruitment and development from his days, you know, across the board. But you know, I know him from. Uh, from his Southampton days, because uh, another ex-Rexham player, Paul Mitchell. Yeah. I know I digressed a bit here, but I think it's important that we capture sort of the the whole team rather than... The network one of... of people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, so ex-Rexham player, Paul Mitchell, a uh, very close friend of mine, and uh, we were out in his wedding in, in Cyprus, and Les was on our table. So so I know Les from, uh, from way back when sort of thing. So I think... Um, I think what they've done, just going back to your point or your question about um, Rob and Ryan, it's it's definitely not a front, an act, um, you know, part of their sort of, um, if you like, characters. It's it, it's genuine, it's sincere. And the biggest thing for me is the way that they started all of this, they've continued it. Yeah. They haven't, you know, and that was by becoming sort of a fan and understanding, appreciating what it means to the town and our history, but also allowing themselves to uh, to be approachable and accessible is probably the word I'm looking for because, yeah. you know, I, I've never, I've experienced a lot of owners in football clubs that, you know, Dave Whelan's probably one of the closest to it. He he allowed himself, he was one of, one of their own in Wigan and he still is, you know, he's... Um, he, he's super special like that, Dave. But um, you know, wh- when you look at other clubs, perhaps they haven't quite captured that sort of connection with the fans as what these two, what these two heroes of mine have done. You know, and um, I think it's uh, I think it's testament to them as people more than their celebrity side of things that that they've they've done that. Yeah, I love listening to Sean Harvey actually. On, I can't remember who he was talking to, but it was after the, I think it was the Stockport Cup game uh, where Mullin, uh, you know, when we won 2 0 and Mullin chips the keeper in, yeah. what was it, 89th minute or whatever it was. Um, and he said afterwards, he said he, he found Ryan in a corner crying, um, you know, with, with joy. And it, he, he refers to that as the game where, like, the penny dropped for Ryan. That was the game where he really sort of he got the bug, I guess, for want of a better word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you pick that up a little bit, don't you, from the documentary? I think I think Rob McElhenney is very much um, wears his heart on his sleeve right from the get go. Yeah, and he with with Ryan is a is a is a kind of is more of a sort of uh, slowly slowly approach to falling in love with the club, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, listen, let's you know, let's make no bones about it. It's 
it's been the best thing that's ever happened to Wrexham Football Club, to the town, yeah. to to North Wales, and and again, I would I would go as far to say Wales. You know, it's yeah, um, yeah, that's they, a fair they, comment. Yeah, yeah, you know, we've got plenty of fans outside of Wrexham and North Wales. Let's not let's not forget that, and um, you know, um, we've got to we've got to make sure now that that we keep on this uh, this positive track sort of thing that we've started. So last season, obviously, oh, we, so Phil Parkinson, obviously, they they appointed Phil Parkinson, who um, came with mixed mixed feelings. Did you ever had any any? Uh, did, you, did you ever come across him? The, what was your? I don't. Yeah. I, I hadn't looked. I should have researched. I hadn't looked to see whether you'd either played for him or whether or whether you'd just bumped into him. What was your knowledge of him? Yeah, my my knowledge was good of Phil because um, again, I played against him over a number of years. Um, always. What you see is what you get, I think, with Phil. Um, one of my close friends from the Welsh setup, AD Williams, ex Reading captain, played alongside Phil. So I kind of knew him through AD right. first and foremost. But um, but yeah, he he was an absolute warrior as a player, and that's what we needed, you know, with a with with a lot more experience and guile that he's brought to the table now. Um, that's what we needed as a club, you know. It was, it, it was a moment in time. I think when when Phil came in, that he needed time. Yeah. Um, he needed the support um, of of sort of dynamic owners um, because he's not one of those to be up front and out there shouting. From yes. The roof. Yeah. 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 And and that's where it all kind of comes together. And this is the this is the sort of I don't know. I I believe secret to the success of the club is that. He's quite happy for Rob and Ryan to do their bit from a social side of things. Yeah. I think Humphrey is the perfect foil for him and for Rob and Ryan in terms of being the sort of, um, if you like, front of house yeah. for the football club. You've got Sean Harvey that does what he does. Um, and Les Reed in the background, quite happy from a recruitment standpoint, um, ticking boxes there. So, I mean, they're... You know, somebody had posted something on Twitter last week about I was Bryn Law actually, um, and um, Bryn was talking about sort of management and uh, director of football relationships. Yeah, um, saw and, that. Yeah, and and for me, I I just commented, you know, if you can get that bit right, then you're on to a winner, because that's exactly what happened um, in recent years. Let's say with. Manchester City's success, i.e. Uh, Pep Guardiola and Chiki Biggerstein, yeah. and also Liverpool's success with Jurgen and uh, and, and Michael uh, Michael Edwards there. So, so I think it's it's not it's not rocket science, but I tell you what, it is really difficult. Yeah, get it right. Yeah, I remember yeah. Liverpool had an issue years ago. I forget who it was now, but they were bringing somebody in. It was it in Rafa's time or. Maybe just before, and they were talking about um, bringing somebody in above above him. And yeah. it, it, I, yeah. I'm going back 15 years now, and it, it, I don't, I can't even remember whether they did it in the end or whether somebody left. But yeah. that, it just goes to show that even the best clubs can get that balance wrong, and it throws everything out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it was Camoli or something like that, wasn't it? Or might have like been. That. Might have been. Yeah. yeah. But. Um... Yeah, so I think they've, I think they've kind of just just hit upon uh, 
not hit upon because that's probably disrespectful, but I think they've they've worked themselves into a really great place. Yeah. Uh, from a from a combination of areas in terms of football, on pitch, off pitch, recruitment, you know, administration. You've got you know everybody loves and knows Geraint. Yeah. So so that side of things is is, is huge. It, it, you know, it's so under under sort of um, appreciated. Yeah. And a, at certain times but um yeah they you know we're in a we're in a purple patch aren't we and, and long may it continue let me ask you about something you you, you said about uh phil because basically yeah. you implied that he's pretty straight um and calls a spade a spade so from a football player's point of view i imagine yeah. that there's managers that play mind games and you know they have to use that in order to get authority and um uh, and to manage situations whereas everything we hear about parky is that he's he is. He's pretty straight. He's upfront. He's as honest. And people, it seems from the outside, I know that in the documentary we see his soft side with the Jordan uh, Davis sort of story. Yeah. And but I, I think we're possibly starting to see the benefit of that now in the fact that you know we've we've got players that it's a bit cliche that want to run through walls, but are, are willing to put an extra an, an extra five or ten minutes of hard running in. For him, is that was that? Have I, do you think I've misread that totally? And I'm an idiot, or am I? Are we? Are we on something there? Oh, listen, I am, and you know, I said it from for me from on, you know, speaking to friends in the pub over a pint, wherever it is, is that is that Phil Parkinson is exactly what he is. He he's not he's not uh, he hasn't got a sort of a different persona when uh, when the cameras are there. Um, he's a very humble guy. Um, he, he's very, very astute. Um, he's experienced now because he's been through, you know, a couple of difficult times as well. You know, he's won, you know, was it three promotions or two promotions in his time? I think it's three, maybe, maybe more. four now. I think this is his fourth. That'll be fourth. So, uh, so you know, to have somebody like that at the helm of our club, um, it is phenomenal. And just going back to the point about you know, running through brick walls, sort of the old cliche, is it, it's true. That is true. Because ultimately, if you can be a decent person and 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 at the same time be honest and upfront with lads, then that if you're a if you're similar as a player, then you know, you'll always get some players that, you know, they expect to be playing week in, week out. Well, what you've seen at Wrexham is there might have been one or two of those, but I think what Phil's done and his staff is they've ensured that you either come with us or you yep. get off. Yeah. And if you get off long-term, you'll be the loser. If you stay with us, look after you, you'll be part of something successful and something, let's get it right. It's, it, it's unique in, in what we're doing. And, um, and that's the, that, that for me is the key. You know, we, he doesn't suffer dickheads. Yeah. And sorry, sorry for the language, but it, it's true. It's that yeah. is what it. Uh, that's why I love that because that's that's. I was fortunate to experience that with with managers in my time, and Brian Flynn was the same. Yeah, you know, Dennis Smith was the same. Paul Jewell was the same. Um, Mark Hughes, when I played internationally, was the same. Um, and I think um, I think having that is a is is a really important important sort of piece of the puzzle so we let's uh let's let's sort of wrap up his first season what did you make of that first season was that 
was that what we in reality was that what we should have expected? Because um, obviously he got some criticism um, through it, certainly at the start of it. Mm-hmm. I know you're shaking your head. But remember, fans don't think like you're, you're like you're a footballer, so fans don't necessarily think like you. So he did get some. He did get a little bit of criticism, rightly or wrongly. But I, was that was that you know was that what we should have expected? You know, I think I think listen, you know, the reason the reason I'm, I'm sat here and I shake my head when I hear that because. <laughs> And it's not because I was a footballer. It's because I think whatever walk of life and whatever job you're in, you need time, time. to adjust and you need to find your feet. You need to allow, you know, you need to understand what you're working with. And let's not forget, he inherited a squad of players that weren't his. So, and I, and I would have said this for Keats, I would have said it for all the managers that came, is that, you know... It doesn't happen overnight. It, anybody that came into that job needed a bit of time. And I think the the one thing that Phil did is, I think he was very, very patient in keeping his counsel as well. Because I've been at a few games where this last season, where potentially he could have turned around and, you know, engaged and maybe things might have gone sour. Threw, a a, pee- threw somebody under the bus or uh, is that what you... Well, you know why. He's um, he, has he, he been entitled to? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. It, it, it's not just a one-way street, you know. If if you shout something and if you are overly, let's say, critical of someone, I don't see any problem with there being coming a back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or perhaps being a response in the stands, and that's where you know I think it was maybe close to bubbling at certain points. Um, did we? Did I think we were going to get promoted last season? I wasn't as confident as obviously I have been this year. Um, I I always believed that we'd run it close, and um, I just felt that you know Grimsby when we played them, um, I felt that they were just a, maybe he's had that sort of especially in McAtee, they had somebody that Magic. just light up the game and create something out of nothing. Um, and we were probably running on on, on sort of... Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that's what it came down to. I think he was, we, the, he was the catalyst for how they went up. Uh, yeah, and we just had a couple of injuries, didn't we? And, you know, Leighton yeah. and, and Hayden. And we Hayden. weren't strong enough just to, you know, just to, to, to replace them with equally as good uh, a, a player. Um, but... But just on that, I think it was an unbelievable journey for the lads to go on, to go. And I've seen Ollie Palmer mention it this week in one of his posts. And, you know, it, 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 was, it was part of the, part of the story. That, you was know. The, that was the scar we had to wear in order for this year to, uh, you know, we needed that experience come the end of this season, really, didn't we? Yeah, and that's what Ollie was saying, I think, if I'm reading him right and listening to him right, is that, you know, sometimes you've got to go through a little bit of pain to come out the other side and uh, experience what, what they're going through now. Yeah, OK, I, 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 I agree. Um, so the pre-season comes and goes, players come and go. Um, obviously, and we're at a time at the moment, interestingly, where we're probably going to be uh, retained list will be out in a week or something after the uh, parade. Yeah. Um, so just, um, I'm not sure you 
you were ever on a released list. Um, but what's what's that like for as a? You'll, you'll obviously know people that potentially were. What's that time time of the season like when you're ending your contract coming? Uh, you know, nothing's necessarily been discussed, uh, uh, and people are potentially waiting to understand whether they're going to stay on our bus or not. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, I have been on a retain release. Oh, uh, I tried to. I tried to brush. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, it's it is what it is. Uh, we, uh, you know, I, I, I was uh, I was released. Unfortunately, when we got relegated. Um, Back in two thousand and seven, eight. So um, yeah, it's um, it's a really, really difficult time because again, some clubs choose to wait until the very, very end of the season. Yeah. You you might be celebrating, you know, a promotion like we are, and there's lads that are not one hundred percent sort of able to join in and and feel comfortable with that which i get as well um and you know it is that sort of um it is sort of that band of brothers sort of thing especially especially at the moment for Wrexham is that there'll be one or two that um are just feeling a massive massive amount of stress and anxiety over over their footballing futures because um it's it's super difficult it's um yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not a nice place to be, whether you've won promotion or not, because ultimately, you know, it's about it's about the next future for you. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll be an interesting couple of weeks, I think, at the race course, and then there'll be a bit of quiet before it all starts ramping up again. Um, so uh, expect expectations rose obviously at the start of this yeah. season. We assembled a new squad. We've spent well, you know. Over a million quid, if uh, if those accounts are right. Um, what were your, what were your thoughts at the start of this season? Uh, Stockport were obviously out of the way. Who did you think maybe might run us close if if you assumed that we were going to be up there? Um, well, again, I think um, I think it's the the ones that are in and around it now. You know, I, I think I think I probably put a little bit more emphasis on Chesterfield than I did. Yeah, not. To be honest with you, because you know, obviously, um, um, I know both managers there, so I've worked with both Paul Cook at Chesterfield, and then obviously uh, Notts County's manager as well. He was at Swansea when I was there for Luke was right. Luke was there for a year when uh, when I was at Swansea working with him. So um, I know them both well, and uh, I just thought Paul Cook, sort of from an experience point of view, might have shaded it over yeah. Luke, um, but but Luke's been been absolutely uh, a revelation really yeah yeah and i think that's that's kind of fantastic for, for for the national league that they were you know they were able to sort of first and foremost get him to go there um and they'll be i believe if you like i think it'll be either them or chesterfield that that will that will nick that last sort of uh, spot to go up. So um, it's a shame, as everyone talks about, that there's only that one automatic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but those were the two teams that I I, I genuinely believed would be there fighting for it. Well, you're better than me because I tip Solial. So what do I know? I mean, I think they're languishing in mid table and look like they're being asset stripped, to be honest. So yeah. Uh... <laughs> 
Well, you know, I, I, the, the, I, the last season they were really good, so that's that's that, that's the team yeah. I tipped. So uh, I should give this game up. <laughs> so just on Luke, on Luke Williams, uh, what was his role then at Swansea? Was he was he co- who was he coaching? Yeah, he was assistant manager of the first team. Right. So he so, was uh, he was Russell Martin's number two, um, and um, again he'd been at Swindon. So he'd worked at Swindon previously, um, and he was the. I think you could probably tell he's a really good speaker. So when yep. you've heard his views and that, he's really clear, he's concise, and uh, he knows what he's talking about. So uh, during my time at Swansea with him, he was the, he was the very much the person who would run the training sessions. Right. So Russell would then sort of interject occasionally okay. when needed to, but but Luke was sort of the main man from a training perspective and getting all those sort of details across. He's really, really good with detail and and, and sort of a, you know, a patterns of play. So okay. you'll, you'll see with them, they very rarely try and force it. Um, you know, again, occasionally against us, they go direct, but there, there was a clear sort of, there was a clear method to how they, they like to approach the game. And, and that all comes from his sort of football philosophy and, Russell Martins, you know all these bright young managers that that were were lucky to have in uh, in the football league um, and below. So there was no surprise for you, or was there any surprise that when he sort of turned County into what he has? Nah, he was honestly he was relentless in terms right. of his detail. That's the biggest thing I took from him is that I would go. I was fortunate. I was head of recruitment there, and uh, it it meant that. Obviously, I would get to see training every day and then I would spend time with Russell and, and his staff in terms of uh, identifying what was needed and um, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I got first-hand experience of how good he potentially was and, yeah. you know, he's proven he's proven to be, uh, you yeah. know, on, a I, I think, a, an upwards trajectory with his football, his managing career. Um, so... We we uh, we go through the season. We don't lose at home. We have some epic battles. Where do you think? Where was the point that you thought this team might win the title? Because uh, it, it was it before County and the penalty save, or no, no. I think it was. Um, I think I sort of kept my sort of cards close to my chest in terms of allowing myself to dare to dream, sort of thing. You know, um, I I've been written. Have I been anxious? Yeah, I've been I've been anxious, but just wanting to get over the line so desperately. Yeah. So, so I could then relax and enjoy it. Um, don't get me wrong, I've loved being a fan. I I love going to home and away games when I can. And um it's been amazing, especially, you know, being on that journey with my daughter and, and my friends and, and my brothers. So um I think the you know, the the week of or the week after, was it Yo- Yeovil, sorry. Yeah. Yeovil, I was probably more nervous for that one. Right. Um, and I don't I don't know why. I just felt that if you can get over the line for that one, then um, it was kind of right. The, you know, the, the impetus is really with us now. And that was probably the first time I really felt myself starting to think, oh, you know, we're close now, you know. So. Yeah, I think that the the time that I accepted that uh, we were going to win it was, uh, I think it was on Saturday as I was vaulting over the wall to get on the pitch. I think that was well, the, yeah. you know, I think uh, there was t- I, there was singing and dancing in the stands with fifteen minutes to go, 
uh, with three yeah. one up, and I'm like, hang on, they've got overload. Why is everyone? There's a, you know, there's players free here. What we what we you know? Because you see a lot of football. It's never over a football game, is it? It's uh, you know, no. there's some balmy football stories. But there has been, you know, there has been in recent weeks, and I think you look at Arsenal in terms of how they've capitulated in terms of results, and you know, they started. You think, oh, it's it's written, it's theirs now. They've come back a couple, but um, yeah, I think that's that's the one thing, isn't it, with Wrexham, and everybody sort of jokes about it, but they say, well, it's the Wrexham way. We're going to do it the difficult way, or not at all, and um, you know, it. All credit to Phil and the team that they're relentless they're really relentless and there isn't there isn't many teams that can you know not county gave it a go and what a go they gave it but we were yeah. ultimate we were a lot mentally tougher i felt and you know what i think i don't really like singling out people but you know i think i think um a couple of players that for me that that, that made sort of or gave us that extra sort Edge. of gap Oh, the edge, yeah, sorry. Is um is Barney being one? Yeah. So like what he did is is sort of took took an element of pressure off if you like Mullin creating something for himself. Yeah. Ollie or Palmer uh, Ollie or um or Dolby Sam having to create something, Jordan coming off the bench and scoring or yeah. or or Elliot Lee. You know who are all fantastic players, but I think what Barney just—it was just that no fear. Yeah, and I, I was lucky enough to speak to him uh, last Sunday when we were out celebrating, and uh, I got five minutes with him. Lovely young man, absolutely delighted to be at the club, and yeah. um, it was interesting because his agent is Dave Brammer. Yes, who, oh, yeah, 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 Trexham, yeah. So, so uh, I'd spoken to Bram when he signed, and he said. Believe me, he's one for the future. Yeah. In fairness, Brams Brams does know his players, and he was spot on. I think because I'm excited to see what what where what he goes. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Next one because he's a, he, he's a baby in terms of age wise. So, you know, I'm. Uh, yeah, I just thought, you know what? There's a lot of players getting plaudits. For me, he just came in, and don't get me wrong. You know, Foster's Ben Ben signing was 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 sort of. A real marquee one, yeah. But Barney's was the one that I think the chances he creates, whether he goes left, whether he goes right, and and you kind of, you know, you liken him to the likes of Carlos Edwards, and yeah, and that that's a big statement. But but I I definitely stand by that. Yeah, his quality of delivery is outstanding you know he puts that one for Elliot Lee he doesn't have to do anything just lets it hit his head if you have a look I don't think he moves yeah. his neck or anything just guides no. it home by, by, by yeah. you know it lands on his head so his delivery is outstanding so right so we're, we're, we're uh, I'm nearly running out of time with you we've got eight oh. minutes or something left so um, two things I want to talk about I want to talk about Mia in a minute but just mm. give us give us a flavour of the antics because I don't know those blurry pictures that I saw on your Instagram of Party. Yeah. on, just give us a give us a couple of minutes of flavour of what was. Were you shirtless? But you yeah. know what was going on. No, no I, um, I I wasn't. Uh, I was <laughs> I was behind the camera. Um, I uh, I captured a moment which which again I think it it just epitomised what what the end of this journey um, has been about. And like I said right at the start here is that sort of about that connection 
having the ability to get up close and speak to players, to have a drink with players, to celebrate. You win, lose, you know, draw together. You yeah. do. And that's that's what happened uh, on Sunday in the Fat Boar. Obviously, I think there were a few sore heads from celebrating on the Saturday, which was unbelievable. It was amazing. Um, and... Uh, and then the Sunday was supposed to be a little bit of a quiet one where we thought we'll just pop and have a couple of pints and bumped into bootlegger. Bootlegger turned up. <laughs> well, now bootlegger was already there in fairness. So, oh, right. uh, yeah, we uh, we crashed his party and then a number of pals, friends. Um, you know, I was with you and the kit man and Chow, the groundsman. And, you know, that's important as well because those yeah. two, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, good friends of mine from from many years ago and um it's nice to see them getting the the opportunity to, to enjoy it yeah joy and um you know and being recognized it's lovely it's nice you know the work that they do can go unnoticed and yeah. thank, thankfully they're 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 kind of uh wreck some celebrities in their own right now which i love i think it's hilarious which <laughs> is the main thing so yeah Right, come on then. You've now yeah. got a. Uh, oh, how old's Mia now? Is she 18, 19? 19, yeah. She's 20 in September. So, um, yeah. I, you got yeah, a 19 year old who's now in a uh, Adran Gennaro Premier League side. Obviously, won promotion in that game. So, what was. Uh, We'll, we'll obviously we'll be sharp on time because I know you've got to go. Right. Um, what's that like? What being an ex-pro watching watching her and what are those conversations like after a game? I guess you know is that is that advice time or is it you know are you, oh you could have done this or you should have done that? What's that like? No, well it, it it's it's quite it's I don't know whether it's boring but it's quite straightforward really that the sort of dynamic between myself and Mia is obviously. Is is a very close one, you know. I'm very close to the three of my children, and um, Mia, um, Mia has always played football, so she's, um, which I think was to her benefit, was coming through the boys' system up until the age of under fourteen, where then you're no longer allowed to participate in the, the boys' side of things. Um, and then she sort of went on a a little journey of trying to find her way, if you like, and it was at the time that. Gemma and Gaz Owen were were kind of starting to, if you like, uh, build or try and build the women's side of things with soccer camps and training sessions. So she did a little bit of that for uh, for a short while. And then uh, she came away from that because she wanted to play games, fixtures regularly. So ended up signing for, uh, uh, for TNS. Um, so she did. She did a year or two there and then came away from there and or it was a year there and then came away when the opportunity to come back into Wrexham, um, the under-19 squad came about, which was which was like a breath of fresh air for her because she she experienced what I wanted her to really, which is that it's not easy. Um, you know, you, you outside looking in, I guess, is that... Um, you don't just turn up and uh, and find yourself in a team because maybe you, you the my daughter or whatever name or whatever yeah 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 and and that was that was part of it that I wanted her to experience because um, you you only get out what you put in 
she's worked extremely hard on a game she's very very knowledgeable she you know she she goes through all the analysis she asks questions which is the one of the biggest things that yeah. that will help her on her journey and and i think um you know uh, having having obviously me there to bounce off in terms of questions about the game but she's also got a, a mum who who is a fitness fanatic herself trace and uh you know she uh, she is a is a massive part of uh, of what me has sort of achieved as well so um yeah i'm i'm one of those that as a parent rightly or wrongly i i don't sort of analyze her game unless she asks me okay i'm quiet on the touchline i'm not a shouter yeah. um and and i think i think that's just something that I looked on maybe to other people that had shouters as parents on the side, and I didn't seen really it. like. I've, I've yeah. seen it with kids who are under eights, yeah. under tens, and they're mm. yapping at them all game. It's mm. turns you off, doesn't it? In the end, it does. But you know, she's um, she's done really well. She's got you know, she's got an opportunity potentially if she can earn a contract now with the club um, to. to to play and continue to to improve and develop um and there's a good group there's a there's a really great group of girls that um that are all going to be sort of um hoping and, and and fighting tooth and nail to get these contracts and uh you know i think that can only be good for the for the team and for women's football in general um i'm a massive advocate of it my mum played yeah. my auntie played so so I've always kind of accepted it as being the norm. Um, and I think now more than ever, the probably the nicest thing for me and one of the best photos I've got on my phone is Mia sort of signing autographs for young girls with Wrexham tops on. Brilliant. Which, you know, when, I, when you and I were, were youngsters in school, that would be absolutely unheard of. Yeah. If, it wasn't it wasn't a thing right and uh you, you very rarely you'd see a young player a young boy with a Wrexham top never mind a girl so yeah to see these new fans and um the the next generation of of young ladies that want to play if they don't want to play they might want to support well that's good great yeah. that's all about well listen i i've interrupted your tea i'm ever so grateful for your time i'm going to bug you at some point through next season as well, if you would, if you'll, uh, if you'll, if you can bear it, um, will you come and have a chat with us at some point? Yeah, I'd love to, mate. No problem, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, yeah. I'll let you go because you're still husky voiced from all the singing and dancing that you're denying. Um, but I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. It, what was your go on? What was your karaoke song? Did you sing one? Did you have a song? No, no karaoke. I think I just had super, super Paul Mullin oh. on repeat. I could talk uh, about him all night, but we won't. Listen, yeah. I'm ever so grateful uh, that I that you let me badger you. I'm sorry I did badger you. Um, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you soon. Pleasure. Top man, Matt. Thanks very much, mate.
Back in the football league 